Singing is your birthright. Everyone can sing, but some of us are wounded by our experiences, by the negativity of others, and believe we can't sing. But all of us can sing. Singing is a window to the soul. Singing with others provides a depth of emotion that is rarely, if anywhere else, experienced. Group singing can be joyful or happy, smiling or laughing as you sing, or it can be deeply sad or mournful. Empathy is built into our nature. Grief is especially powerful when expressed in song. I have a very shy friend who is an excellent singer in the car. I never saw them happier than when they were singing. I suspect that most who say they can't sing are secret singers, practicing their skills in the shower or the car. And it's not just regular people who have negative thoughts and practices around singing. It's also professional singers. Most of us have been told at one time or another that we're not good singers. And that sinks in, even if we deny it. So, where can a quality singer turn if they need help with their singing voice? We're about to find out in this episode. Hi, I'm Tim Rose, and welcome to season, I can hardly believe I'm going to say it, five of the Tim Tunes podcast. Today is our 42nd episode. This season will feature in-depth interviews with performers and music professionals. We'll speak with musicians, singers, band directors, and service providers. We're starting this season with a pair of podcasts that features Mark Baxter, vocal behaviorist. I'll let Mark explain what that means. Mark has an established career assisting professional singers to improve or restore their voices. He's worked with literally thousands of vocalists. Buckle up while we give you a partial list of his clients. When Mark was starting out, he was pigeonholed as working primarily with rock bands. He worked with Aerosmith, Jay Giles, Journey, Yes, Boston, Machine Head, Quicksand, Extreme, Van Halen, Goo Goo Dolls, Boston's, and the Dropkick Murphys, just to name a few. From there, he started working with pop bands, Boys Like Girl, The Click Five, Paolo Nutini, Vampire Weekend, Cute is What We Aim For, Still Woozy, Cuckoo, and Hawthorne Heights. Then came the touring shows, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Rent, and Midtown Men. These were followed by Indian country artists like Amy Mann, The Dresden Dolls, Jen Tryon, Rachel Garland, J.J. Gray, Mark Bussard, Johnny Lang, Jake Owen, Libby Bosworth, and Grace Potter. In addition, Mark has worked with numerous classical singers and countless church and choir singers. He's even worked with Bollywood, Carnatic, and Hindustani singers, not to mention singer-songwriters, such as yours truly, folk, Americana, and various voice actors and speakers. As you can see, Mark works with all kinds of professional and amateur musicians and speakers. He's worked with literally thousands of vocalists. He's especially versed in supporting pop and rock artists. He has an extensive YouTube presence and an online presence at voicelesson.com. Along the way, we'll also get a taste for Mark's own performances 
as a songwriter, singer, and instructor. I first met Mark on a recommendation from Joe Mullins of Performance Music in Woburn, Massachusetts. Back in the mid-90s, I had sessions with Mark to improve my voice quality and range. As a young rock and roller, I had abused my voice and wound up having to have my vocal cords scraped. This resulted in a decrease in the flexibility and tone of my voice. So, about 10 years or so after that operation, I sought out Mark to help me restore what I could of my own voice. Back in those days, Mark was holding back-to-back sessions in his Brookline home. There was no time for chit-chatting or hanging out. We were on the clock and we were all about business. So, I was really looking forward to just talking to Mark and getting a better understanding of what he does and who he is. I sat down with Mark at his studio in Revere, Massachusetts, and we jumped right into recording our conversation. How do you describe yourself professionally? Professionally, I call myself now a vocal behaviorist. And I chose that term because I used to call myself a vocal therapist. Right. And this is going back 40 years. There was no such thing as a vocal therapist 40 years ago. And I didn't want to be a vocal coach. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. But they tend to be more repertoire oriented. So they would, almost like a fashion consultant, would, you know, pick a piece for somebody and you work through the piece. I went to a few vocal coaches and it was always take this song, sing it for me, I'll give you some tips as to how to improve it kind of thing. We would do a warm-up in the beginning, but not much, you know, yeah. and then go right yeah. on to repertoire work. And that's fine for for people if that's what they choose. Voice teachers tended to be uh, classical back in my day. Yeah. Um, like my first professor in college, obviously all that stuff was all just classical. Uh, arias, Carumio Ben, all the, you right. know, all the standard right. stuff. Um, so when I started sort of going out on my own, I was Katie Agresta. I don't know if you know who she is. Was a big, famous teacher in New York City that I went to when I was in rock bands. She uh, asked me to, if I wanted to, substitute for her when she went on vacation. So I got my first sort of glimpse at all this by subbing for a very prominent voice coach and got to work with Hiram Bullock of the David Letterman Band, (laughs) Annie Lennox, uh, Janice Siegel came in. It's like Mm -hmm. some notable names. and. I just really enjoyed working with them uh, because it was, they're all pros, so they came in, roll up their sleeves, like challenge me, right? And it was just, to me, it was a, it was a great fit for my mentality. I've just finished a, a new book. And the, I, I ask people now, which I've never did before, it's like, what's your definition of singing? And it stumps every singer I meet. And because really? they don't have one, yeah. they're, not, they're yeah. not walking around with one. Yeah. And so, you know, so I get a lot of info out of asking that question, but obviously I had to ask myself. So I say it's a, a musical communication of an emotional state. And so that's my definition of singing. The difference being it's, in a, it's a communication. 
Because most people will come up with technical jargon of like it's musical, it's it's you know melodic, it's this, it's that. Yeah. But to me, if you're not making a communication in there, then it's then it sort of fails the acid test. I vocalize with singers all the time. Right. We're not communicating anything, and that's the value of an you're, exercise. You're exercising. Yes. And so. But I hear a lot of singers, and I'll say, what do you want me to feel here? I'm listening to your singing on your song here. I'm confused as to what you want me to feel. Yeah. And they'll be like, feel whatever you want. I'm yeah, like, yeah. no, 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 no. Right. What was your mission when yeah. you did this? Right. What are you what, trying to tell me? What's going on with you? Yeah. What is it that's happening with you when you're singing this song? Oh, I'm just singing the words. You know, right. Like, yeah, I hear not... a lot of that. And I yeah. say, well, here's, here's the problem. Because, you know, people will come in, and they'll... A singer will move them, and they then listen back to their singing, and it's not moving. Number one, it's them. It's very hard to be moved by yourself. Right. And number two, obviously, the person that they're uh, admiring uh, has a, a vibe, an intent, does have something going on that they're revealing as they're singing. It won't necessarily be a, a rasp or a, a ring in their sound or certain qualities that most people will pick on as to, I like the way she does this, or I love that sound in his voice. I hear this every day, and I'm always like, why do you think you like that sound? And if you go that layer deeper, right. it's because she was feeling something, right. and it caused that sound. Mm -hmm. And if she feels that again, it might not be that exact sound. We're going to get that same pang in us, because we have empathy, we have mirror neurons, and we are aware that somebody is having an emotional moment, and that's captivating because it's rare that somebody reveals that in public, right. you know, for all to right. see, kind of right. Explanation, you know, it hits with older people, and it does not hit yet with younger, uh, because, again, everything is visual. So they're, they're weaned on video, mm -hmm. and so they need to see the person singing to know the cues to get that emotional communication. Right. And the repeats and the... The cutting up of number one auto tuning to the point where it sounds robotic, right? Yeah, yeah. As a as a choice now, yeah, that's right. A it's, a, it's an artistic choice. It's now. an artistic choice, but so the the dehumanization, if you will, of the voice has now created a hard rhythmic uh, response where people need to hear 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 all this interruption just just so the brain gets that little dopamine of like, oh, what's going on. Because it does, it's void of that normal cue that we get of chamber change and dynamics. So compression and the digitization, if you will, of the voice has uh, just, I guess, like talking to AI. There's, you know, it's saying all the right things, it's hitting yeah, yeah. all the right marks, yeah. but there's something missing, like sugar-free Coke. You're yeah. full of brain, but then after a while, it's yeah. like, wait a minute, we didn't get a sugar thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we still want something. I apologize for the weird scraping noises in the background. 
Someone was plowing the street outside of Mark's studio. Such are the hazards of recording in New England in January. In addition to providing services as a vocal behaviorist, Mark is a songwriter in his own right. I've included snippets of his songs in the interview as section breaks. We'll have more on that later. Let's rejoin the conversation as Mark asked me how I began the podcast. Then we commiserate on getting listeners. And then Mark talks about his own songwriting process and working with singer-songwriters. Let's rejoin our conversation already in progress. Uh, about uh, three years, two years ago? Two years ago, I think I started it. And um, Pandemic downtime? Well, yeah, it was, it was that. And plus, I just, um, you know, I wasn't getting any airplay. I wasn't getting any, you know. I know the I, feeling. You know what I mean? I mean <laughs> sure. And it's like, so I wanted to, uh, I mean, I've written all these freaking songs. And I just wanted to get them out there. I just wanted people to hear them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's, and I don't know how you feel about it, but for me, you know, bands are, bands want to play top 40 or oh, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever. Bands the... want to play to an audience. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so top 40 is the easiest way to do that for sure. But we're also going to talk about songwriting today. Absolutely. I'd like to like pick your brains about, you know, have you done any songwriting recently? Yeah. I, I'm songwriting all the time. Okay. Okay. And like you. You're my kind of guy. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And my favorite, you know, I shouldn't say that, but my favorite singer to work with are the songwriters right because they're in that creation mode and there's no template for them obviously it's you know the singers coming out of college they were categorized they were typed they wanted to get into the school musical so they had to sing a certain way you know and they they viewed that as a launch pad and so i get them usually when their eyes are spinning and they're like they just left me out the door and now there's like you know uh crickets you know that's yeah. all they hear yeah it's a vicious world out there, artistic world. And so uh, so I feel for them, but I have to sort of decompress those uh, trained singers, university singers, uh, because they were sold a pathway, and the pathway doesn't exist once you leave the door. Yeah, right. So uh, the, Except for maybe one tiny, one minor little percent of the opera singers and the three pictures Broadway. they all have in their in their uh, yeah auditoriums right this one made it and this one yeah, made it yeah. you know and so uh so i love the the songwriters that didn't go to school that you know are working that day job and they're writing the songs at night because they have i always tell them it's like we have so many levels of vulnerability that we have to work under of is the song right for you? Is the song well crafted for anyone to listen to? Right. Is my voice a good fit for what I've just done here? Are my lyrics interesting to me? Because that's definitely going to affect the way someone sings. Right. And so, so. Do I really know what this song is about? Yeah. Do I have an idea? So about, many questions. You know, yeah. <laughs> but when you get a 25 year old songwriter and they're like, and they haven't asked themselves any of those questions, like I didn't at 25. Right. right. And so it was that slow education of like, Oh, this yeah, this song needs a hook. This song needs this. This song needs yeah, that. Yeah. And I'm getting my demo slide back. They're cassettes back in the day, right? Getting that slid back. I'm like, but it was a perfect song to me. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was my gem, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was song five, of course. Yeah. <laughs> 600 songs later. Exactly. You know? So it's like you learn about that stuff. And yeah. I, I feel very good, um, you know, working with songwriters just because 
I've been rejected so much and it's, you know, in that process and in this industry that it's so nice for them to see somebody still living and working and inspired and, you know, and yeah, hopeful. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's just, you know, you don't, you don't choose it. It chooses you and you either call it a Amen blessing or that, a curse. Brother. Amen to that, brother. It's so, like I tried to stop once. It didn't go well. Yeah. I mean, it's like I, I was dry. I was just not happy. I said, well, I guess I'll go back to school and get my MBA and, you know, I'll become like a, I don't know, a, you know, an accountant or something. And as soon as I went back to school, suddenly the inspiration, <laughs> the songs, you know, the just the ideas flooding for in. songs just come flooding <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't write, you know, I, I used to, when I was when I was younger, I used to write a lot of love songs. Mm -hmm. Now I'm trying, I, I just write I write songs about, I think you can write a song about just about anything. Oh, of course, yeah. You know? So I'm looking for, like, what is it that is bugging me or what's inspiring me? And, you know, to do this, it's like, you know, that's that's the way I the way I get inspiration now. That's the hard part for me as well. Is the It's interesting because the love songs seem creepy to me <laughs> if I'm writing one. <laughs> so it's like, I know. If I'm exactly. going to sing this, it's mm -hmm. like that's not genuine anymore. Yeah, right. so, so i got to find a slant on it. I have, do you have grandkids yet? No, darn it. Okay. Do you? I have a four-year-old granddaughter. Oh, man. And it's just, you know, she puts me back in love again. Cause yeah, it's like yeah. You see through their eyes, you experience through them. Everything's new. Yeah, everything's brand new. Like, yeah. shiny just took the shrink wrap off. Yeah. And and so, so love can be many things, of course. And so it doesn't have to be romantic love. It can be just love of life, love yeah. of, you know... Uh, family love of this love of that so so that's kind of come back into my orbit recently which I'm glad about because it's you know it's universal and the uh, the drought I went through was exactly that of just of feeling like if I sing a love song it's like who am I singing it to right and and does she really want to receive it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right right I mean you know you have to imagine that yeah and, yeah and so you I know, mean my wife is kind of like yeah, you don't you don't have to write a love song. Exactly, you know? same with mine. <laughs> so know? it's like we did that. Yeah, and and that's like oh, it's nice, but it's you know. So I just uh, I I run through those droughts, and then you could think about political stuff, and just you know the world is ending stuff, and it's like I'm not that I'm not that pessimistic. So yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's hard to find a good optimistic thing. So I I love to take chunks of the day or something mm -hmm. and, you know, like a minute that you had a, a feeling and try to encapsulate that in a song in a in an interesting way. So some of the people I work with are so good at that of taking just a little nut of a of a yeah. feeling. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's a song. Right. And I Country I, music, man. That's what it's all about. It's just beautiful. Rain of that, right? Beautiful. Just yeah. the look between two people. Yeah. There's your song. That's right. <laughs> right? That's it's right. that exchange, that yeah. one second yeah, exchange. Yeah, yeah. Love that stuff. And yeah. so I'm just forever been a fan of a three-minute pop gem that that has all the trappings of spark your imagination, give you a melody, get your foot tapping. It's like those elements to me, I've just always been a fan of that. Sound silence. 
Oh, how I thought you were so profound. I said, you are the moments I adore. She said, she can't take you anymore. Music. Oh, how I used to love your sound music. Oh, how I thought you were so profound. I said, when it's quiet, I still hear a song. She said. Silence, one of Mark's more recent compositions, composed and recorded in his studio in Revere. This is his first song written and played on guitar. Mark commented that he has music and conversations going on in his head every waking moment. 
He says he can focus on outside stimulus when teaching or if he finds something or someone interesting, but he adores silence because then he can focus on the music in his head. Mark goes on to say, so I got to thinking how it must suck to be the partner of a musician or writer because they're always internally engaged. It's like the mistress is always in the room. The song is an acknowledgement of the isolation that anyone in a relationship with a musician has to deal with and the isolation that most musicians eventually find themselves in due to their internal muse. Now, let's listen to another of his songs, I'm a Prayer. The guitar is played by Marco Cirillo. He's an Italian YouTube influencer that posts beautiful chord progressions. The music for this song is simply the audio track of one of his videos. Mark was moved as soon as he heard it. He sang on top of the recording and sent Marco, the guitarist, the finished product. Marco approved for Mark to post it. I told Mark that I got the sense that he was talking about what he does with singers, the service he provides. As though his service is the answer to their prayers, he replied to me, With the song, I Am a Prayer, my intent was to capture the intimacy of that moment. I am agnostic, yet I find myself uttering into the ether like most in moments of despair or delight. So here is, I Am a Prayer. I am a question I am a plea When you're feeling humble You turn to me I speak every language At times without sound Recited with many Or with no one around I raise your arms up in praise Or bring you to your knees Begging please Cause you know If you're filled with gratitude Or suffer in solitude If your burden's hard to bear Or you see beauty everywhere your heart just aches Or wants forgiveness for mistakes Yeah, I will be there I am a prayer I am a promise I am a hope Profess your devotion or help you to cope I raise your arms up in praise or bring you to your knees begging please cause you know if you feel that you've been blessed or your weary mind can rest if a loved one needs to heal Or you're thankful for your meal If 
everything's wrong Oh, you so want to be strong Yeah, I will be there I am a prayer I am a prayer I am a That's it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed learning about Mark Baxter, what he does, and some of his music. In our next episode, we'll delve into Mark's past and find out how he came up in the industry and what led him to follow his path. If you were ever in a band or involved in a band, his story may resonate with you. Make sure you come back for the next episode where we learn about Mark's journey as his story unfolds. By the way, Mark has published an extensive catalog of voice exercises on his YouTube channel, voicelesson.com, and on his internet site, voicelesson.com. Please feel free to send me comments on this episode via Facebook at the Tim Tunes Podcast Group, or email me at timtoonspodcast at gmail.com, or via Twitter at Rimtoes. If you'd like to support the show, you can subscribe on Patreon and send me a donation at Rimtoes or Venmo on PayPal. If you can't donate, I get it. You can also promote the podcast by writing a review on whatever podcast tool you use or by liking us on Facebook or iTunes. That'll go a long way towards increasing my reach. You can also support the show just by listening to some of my songs on your favorite music streaming service. However you choose to support the show, I appreciate you. We'll be back in a few weeks with part two. Until then... (laughs) 